Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. In sports ministry, we talk all the time about how the people we can connect with may not be comfortable stepping foot in a worship center. Sure, absolutely. But they're definitely comfortable stepping foot on a basketball court, stepping foot on a soccer field. They're comfortable there because that's what they know. And now, here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 46th episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corston, and alongside my co-host Bjorn Webb, we're so pumped for today's episode with, drumroll please, Bjorn Webb. Yes, instead of co-hosting with me today, I'm interviewing him, and you guys are going to hear a little of his faith journey and why he's so passionate about sports and sports ministry. And if you're still not familiar with Bjorn Webb, Bjorn is the current sports and fitness ministry director at Watermark Wesleyan Church here in Buffalo, New York. Bjorn grew up in Houghton, New York, and graduated from Houghton College in 2018 with his bachelor's degree after studying in business management, finance, and communication while playing on the men's tennis and soccer teams during all four years at Houghton. Bjorn is currently working on his master's in organizational leadership through Indiana Wesleyan University. Bjorn is passionate for Christ, sports, and using sports to communicate God's love. He recently got engaged and is getting married to Madeline Klosko in June of 2021. Bjorn loves playing soccer, tennis, and basketball along with, alongside with any type of game or competition. You guys are in for a treat today of hearing Bjorn's story. And if you're new to our podcast, our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. And we like to say here at The Sweat Room, everybody has a story. It's just a little bit different platform. We've interviewed professional athletes to high school athletes. It doesn't matter who they are. Everybody brings something to the table each and every day. And today is no different. So we're so excited to dive into today's podcast. And before we dive in, I highly encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you really enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend and pass it along with them. And go check out us on social media, Watermark Sports on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's a little bit different. It's at Sweat Room Pod. And I highly encourage you to take notes from today's episode. Get pen and paper out. Get your notes app on your phone and jot some things down. But even if you don't, I, go check us out at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. Our guy Rob Clark does a phenomenal job of writing a blog each week. He's a really gifted writer. Go check that out. Go check us out on social as well. Our guy Zach Paris does a great job just promoting everything that we're doing here on The Sweat Room. So without further ado, here's our episode with Bjorn Webb. Well, we want to welcome a familiar face to the sweat room. Familiar I voice. Familiar <laughs> voice to the sweat room. Bjorn, thanks for joining me today. This time you're on the hot seat. Oh boy. And I'm excited to be interviewing you and hearing a little your story, a little your journey. So usually we have icebreakers that you know. So one of them today is where does your name come from? Yeah, so a little bit of the backstory, and again, no, I'm so glad to be here with you, and it is it is kind of interesting being on the other side of things here a little bit. I'm literally sitting on the other side of the table. Yeah, now, literally. So next, <laughs> uh, but I'm excited to be here and to share a little bit of a little bit of my heart in a maybe a formal setting here. Um, 
but yeah, my name Bjorn. It's Scandinavian, Norwegian, Swedish. Um, my mom's side of the family is very proud of their Norwegian and Swedish heritage. Yeah. Um, there's even some Swedish blood on my dad's side as well. Cool. Uh, Bjorn. It literally means bear in Norwegian and Swedish. And so if you go to Norway and you start yelling Bjorn, people may be asking you where. Um, <laughs> but it's Bjorn is also a nickname um, for the name Bernard. Yeah. And that was my, my mom's grandfather's name. Um, and so that's where she first kind of heard the name thrown around was with sure. that. And she always just loved the name. And she's very proud of her Norwegian heritage. And so that's where my name came from. That's awesome. And I know I'm, I'm excited for this episode that we're doing today because when we are when we list out just guests that we want to have on and and feature mm. something that you said that I was like this is a great idea is you're like why don't you interview me and vice versa one of these times of have have us interview each other mm. and I was like that's a great idea Bjorn yeah. so I, I I'm really excited just for people kind of just to see your story and guide them along and why you're so passionate about mm. just so many different things so yeah, so I'm excited today. So one of the questions that we often ask Bjorn is their testimony. Mm. For you, how did you come to know Christ? Yeah, so uh, my testimony is is similar to a lot of people that we've had on and a lot of people's testimonies as far as, you know, their parents were Christians and they grew up in a Christian household. That was uh, very true for me. And um, e- even further going back in my family heritage, uh, both sets of my my maternal and my paternal grandparents are both very, very strong believers. Um, I-, I can't think of a single person in my extended family that is not a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been truly blessed with that, where even at family gatherings, whether over Christmas or um, over the summer when I was younger, we'd go to Minnesota, be a family. Uh, whenever we gather, Christ is always the center. He's sure. always the focus. Uh, and I've always seen that from growing up. And, you know, I, I've often heard said, and we have it on a banner here at our church, that oftentimes the best way for someone to know Christ is to know someone who knows Christ. Mm. And that's what it was for me. My parents knew Christ, and through them, I was able to meet Christ through them. Mm. And, you know, growing up, I knew of Christ. I knew all those things, but I never really made the transition from this head knowledge to this heart, really, belief. Sure. Um, You know, there were times where I would say throughout high school and things like that where I really made my faith my own. Um, But the time now that I really point back to was during college. Mm. And college was really the biggest biggest change for me and challenge. And it was really during that time where I found myself not living at home. And I said, Bjorn, you got to make a decision. Mm. Like, you don't have your parents to, you know— to be there for you every day to lean on. Sure. You need to be able to lean on your own faith. And that's really where I connected individually with Christ. Mm. Um, that, that I may say really deeply for the first time. Um, there were definitely times in high school and things like that as well, but uh, that's really where I point it back to. And and I share this story um, and something that my, my current housemate, um, he's a pastor here in Buffalo, Andrew Sherman, that he told me once when I was a junior in college. That I'll never forget this. Uh, we were going traveling on summer ministry teams together. We go to camps all over the Northeast. And yeah. you were talking about testimonies and stuff. I think before we even started traveling, and I said something like, ah, my testimony's boring. It's nothing super exciting. It's not like I've, you know, been in jail or, you know, had this large life transformation. And what he told me is he said, 
he said something along the lines of, Bjorn, who's the object of someone's testimony? Hmm. And well, the answer is God. The story is about God. A testimony is about how God has worked in this person's life. Right. And he said, if God is the protagonist in the story, if God is the main character, it cannot be boring. Hmm. And so even if it may not be as what we would say is exciting, sure. as sort of large transformational, it's still so exciting. And so that's just an encouragement. That's been such an encouragement to me to know that, yeah, maybe my story has been what we would consider normal right, and not super right. exciting, but it's still so powerful to see how God has worked in my life. And I'm 24 now and how it's been 24 years of God working in my life in such intricate ways. And so that's a little bit of my story mm. um, and how I came to, to be a Christ follower today. Well, I, I, and I love that's kind of how our motto is shift with our podcast mm. where everybody has a story. It's just a little bit different platform Yeah, and for you. Your story matters. And I oftentimes, I think even last week's episode with Eric, his, his testimony was, was kind of similar to yours where, you know, he, he grew up in the Christian home and, and God kind of guided him. And I think oftentimes when we think of testimonies, some people over glamorize their testimony and like, mm. yeah, I was doing these crazy things. And some of those things are true and God is redeemed, but it's not always often the case, but everybody's story matters. Sure. And we're on this journey with, with Christ and, and kind of like you were saying, he's the object. He's what we're pursuing each and every day. Mm-hmm. I'd love to ask a follow up question sure. because you've grown up, you went to Houghton college and you were there most of your life, if not all Born, of raised, educated Born, raised. in New York. <laughs> so what was, how did you manage being at college and being at home, um, what what was that like for you and even your development to where you are today? Yeah, so I lived on campus during all four years of college, even though the college I went to was like a mile and a half away from my parents' house. Sure. Um, for context, my dad works at the college. He's the athletic director there now. Um, and so I was always born and raised in Houghton. Um, it was honestly... It was honestly tough for me to manage, like, still seeing my family and having that relationship mm. um, and being at college and being at school. And it's almost like I had these two these two worlds that were so important to me of my family and school, and they were both right there, but I couldn't really do both well at the same time. Mm. Um, I have two younger brothers. They're five years younger than me. They're both freshmen at Houghton right now. Um, and I, you know, they're, they're my best friends, like have a really strong relationship with them. And when I was in college, I wanted to spend more time with them. I wanted to be involved with different things that they were doing in high school, Mm. but I just, I didn't really have time for that. Um, which was frustrating. And I needed to learn that even though I lived in the same town that my family did because I was at college. I almost needed to treat it a little bit similarly to how everyone else treated it where, Mm. you know, maybe they'd see their families on breaks and maybe it's a phone call over the weekend or um, that kind of thing. And so, but that was a struggle that I dealt with for probably my first three years. And when I was at Houghton, I grew up going to Houghton Wesleyan church, which is right in town. And that's where a, a good number of some students at Houghton go to church on Sundays. Yeah. Um, but when I went to Houghton, I wanted to experience something a little different. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I don't want to go to Houghton Wesley, not because I don't like it there, not because I don't like the preaching, not because I don't like the worship, but sure. because I want to see something a little different. And so for my first 
probably year, I traveled to Olean, went to Believer's Chapel with a bunch of friends, and, and it was awesome. We we loved going there. We loved the worship. We loved the people there, and it was fun to get off campus, drive, and we'd go out to eat and do these kind of things. It was super fun, and I learned a lot from going to that church, um, and it was a really good experience. My second year, I was like, you know, I want something a little different. Mm. And I found, we found, my friends and I, we found this small Baptist church in Rushford, New York. And it was, you know, attendance on a Sunday was maybe 50 people. It was that kind of thing. We loved the preacher there. He's from Louisiana. He had an accent. He was (laughs) a really, really powerful speaker. And so we started going to this church and it was great. I learned a lot, had a really great time. I loved, you know talking about the sermon on the car rides back to Houghton. And it was a really valuable experience going from Houghton Wesleyan church to believers chapel, just sort of this non-denominational church. That's, you know, heavy on the young adult sort of demographic to going to Rushford Baptist, which is a lot smaller, Mm. a lot older of a congregation, um, in all different kind of denominations. And then partway through my junior year, I realized that when I graduated from college, I was probably going to be moving away from Houghton. Hmm. And so I wasn't going to see my family as often as maybe I could. And that's really where it hit me, just how special it is to be able to attend church with my family. Hmm. And so it was partly through my junior year where I started to try to go to church to Houghton Wesleyan with my family. Sure. And I wasn't perfect every week because some days it's like, oh, I just got to sleep in. So I can't go to, I can't go to the 820 <laughs> service Baptist. with my family. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'd go, to, I'd go to like a later service or I'd watch online or something like that. But I really loved during my senior year being able to do that, being able to go to church with them. And so sure. that's the long way to say that figuring out those dynamics and those relationships was really, really tough for me and was mm-hmm. a long time coming. Yeah. Um, but I really did realize through my junior and senior year just how much I value my family and time with them, mm. where my first two years, I knew they were close, yeah. but I didn't spend time with them. Sure. And it's knowing they're close is different than spending time with them mm. and knowing that I'm not always going to be super close to them geographically for my entire life. Wow. And now I live, you know, hour and 15 minutes away and that's not super far. So I can see them, couple, you know, once sure. a month or so. Yeah. Um, but it is a lot farther. I don't see them on a weekly basis. No. Uh, so yeah. it was a tough dynamic. That's my little spiel of how I sort of managed it, along with exploring different churches and learning through that sure. experience, too. And I was just curious about that when, when you're talking about just your journey, because I'm sure some of our listeners, they have to explore that dynamic mm. if they've been in the same place their whole life. Like, I know for me, I have friends who were at Taylor University, and their dad was a professor. Their their mom is sure. doing something at the school forever, and they've been in that community their whole life and then they choose to go there and I often wonder how how do they manage being there and develop themselves and Mm. that's that was great I I, for for me it was it's you brought me alongside of yeah I went and explored who I was yeah but at the same time I realized that family does matter and I love that so Mm -hmm. thanks for being vulnerable yeah And, and one more thing I'll add that you just reminded me of a little bit here is you know it's I didn't always know I wanted to go to Houghton. Mm. That wasn't always the plan. It wasn't like, oh, you know, Bjorn's a web. His dad works at the college. He's going to go to Houghton. Sure. When I was exploring schools, my, my parents did a really phenomenal job of encouraging me to look elsewhere mm. because I knew Houghton. I knew what Houghton offered, 
I knew that I would love it there. I really did. I knew they had good programs for what I wanted to study. Sure. But I, my parents said, Bjorn, there may be something that's better. Hmm. And so I did. I applied to a few other schools. I visited there. And, you know, it, it really came down to two schools between Houghton and this other school. And I ended up choosing Houghton because I, I really did believe that Houghton was where God wanted me. And that's what was best for me. Hmm. And the opportunities there were, were great. And going to Houghton and being a student there is vastly different than being a part of the community. Sure. You're still a part of the community in a different way, Mm. Um, but when I was in high school and I was a part of the community, it was very different from when I was a college student. Mm. Now, once I was a college student, I was a part of that community, I knew every professor, I knew (laughs) all of these, I knew a lot of the students already because it's a small school, and then there was the challenge of who is Bjorn Webb? Outside of living under the shadow of my two older sisters, who were both students there when I started there, hmm. and my dad, who worked there, how do I find my own identity? And I found my own identity through some of these experiences that were different hmm. from what I had known. Whether that was studying things that maybe I didn't know if I wanted to study or not. Sure. Whether it was going to different churches and stepping out of this. Whether it was making friends with people and groups that maybe weren't natural for me normally. Um, And so I would just encourage just parents of teenagers and teenagers to, you know, explore and, and be willing to ask questions and mm. don't just always be okay with the comfortable sure. because we really often grow the most when we step out of our comfort zone mm. and Houghton was my comfort zone, but I found ways through mentors and friends of mine to step out of that comfort zone and challenge myself. That's so. good. No, that's good. And, and one of the challenges for you now is you ended up from Houghton and now you're in Hamburg and now you help start the sports ministry, which we'll dive into, but sure. I, I, Oftentimes when people ask, what is sports ministry? Some people are like, well, it's this, it's that. So I want to ask you that question. Yeah. What is sports ministry? Yeah, it's a million dollar question. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sports ministry sort of in a nutshell, it's, it's using sports to really open the door. Mm. And then once that door is open, relationships can be built. In sports ministry, we talk all the time about how the people we can connect with may not be comfortable stepping foot in a worship center. Sure. Absolutely. But they're definitely comfortable stepping foot on a basketball court, stepping foot on a soccer field. They're comfortable there because that's what they know. Hmm. And so sports ministry is this opportunity to bring the outside world into the church Mm. and bring the church to them. And so that's really, it's just a beautiful way to speak their language as, you know, the language of sports. It's a universal language. We hear that all the time. It's a way to bring them in so we can build relationship. I said it earlier, the best way for somebody to know Christ is to know someone who knows Christ. And so when they step foot in our gym, whether I'm there, whether ministry partners, volunteers are there, it's they build relationship with those people and when they know you when they walk into the gym noah they know someone who knows christ Mm -hmm. and through that that's an opportunity for them to know christ so that's kind of what sports ministry is It's, it's opening the door as outreach to people through sports 
to provide an opportunity for them to connect with Christ in a way that maybe they haven't been able to before. Mm, that's so good. And, and I know one of, one of our previous guests that we had on, Bob Schindler, mm. he talked about how sports is a bridge and being that bridge. And sometimes, and he also used the illustration of a laboratory of, yeah, sports are a relationship builder. And that's, you learn a lot doing that. But yeah, it's such a great avenue to pour, point t- people to Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a great yeah. answer. So I'll go ahead. I, yeah, I was going to say, just elaborate, you know, the bridge is the outreach component of sports ministry, where mm-hmm. the laboratory is kind of that discipleship aspect. Right. Where the bridge is how we get people, we get people across the bridge into an atmosphere and a, you know, that's conducive to spiritual learning, sure. to connecting with Christ. And that's where the laboratory is, because through sports reveals your character. Like mm. when you step on the basketball court, I know for myself, like <laughs> I can get fired up. I can, you know, and that shows who I am. And that, that's when we see coaches have a really beautiful opportunity to speak truth into the life of students, to speak mm. truth into the life of those, their, the, the people that they're coaching sure. because sports brings out sort of the ugliness inside of us sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it brings out the beauty. The, the thing I love about sports is the creativity. And this is something I learned from a, from a past guest of ours, that the creativity in sports reflects our creator. Mm-hmm. And so when I go and I play soccer, you know, I played soccer in college. I've played it my whole life. I love playing soccer. And it's this freedom where I can step out and play soccer. And I step away from the world, and I just get to create. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I do this, do that, whatever. And in that moment, I feel so close to God because I'm in a space where I can create in the same way that God created us. He created the world. He created this to be beautiful. Sports are beautiful and we can create it to be something that's amazing. And sports gives that opportunity to create. And so I just, I love that. I believe it was Mike Weston that shared that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. So how did Watermark Sports Ministry begin? How how did that journey begin? The the genesis of it? Yeah. So this is a... This is one of my favorite stories to tell, um, just because this is a story that it involves so many people in so many different places in so many periods of time mm. that all come together to one thing. And that's what makes it so clear that this is meant to be mm. and that this is good and this is God's will. So to start at the beginning, uh, during my, you know, during college, I studied business management and finance. Um, going back to the way to the beginning, um, <laughs> it was during my junior senior year that I really felt the Lord calling me to ministry in some capacity, and I didn't know what that looked like. Mm. And so, during my senior year, I was looking for jobs and things, and I was brought to the attention of this residency program here at Watermark, which is a great opportunity for people that are interested in ministry to really get practical experience in ministry while working at a local church and you can learn by doing. Mm. And I was like, you know, that seems like a great opportunity for me to, to do that and to help discern further what God has for me and what he's called me to do with my life. Mm. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do that residency. And my goal of the residency for the two years was to discern what God had for me, whether that was ministry or not, or what type of ministry. And I love sports and (laughs) You know, once I got this job, you know, they accepted me for this position. I was excited to come. I was like, you know what? This fall will be the first fall that I'm not involved in any soccer in my entire life. And I was like, I need to change that. 
And so I reached out to one of the local um, high school varsity soccer coaches, and I was just like, I, I cold called him. Got his number offline. I gave him a call, and I was like, hey, I'm Bjorn Webb. I love soccer. I played in college. I like to think I know something about it. I want to volunteer and help you coach. Cool. And he was basically like, I want to know more. And he basically gave me, he's like, give me your elevator pitch. He's like, I don't know who you are, anything about you. Give me two minutes. Why should I let you volunteer with this team? Sure. So I laid it all out there, <laughs> made myself try to look as good as I could. And, and he basically said, yeah, I'd love to meet you in person and we can see if we can make this work. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I ended up volunteering that entire season with him as the assistant coach for the varsity team. Um, and that's really where my heart started to be open to what God could do through sports in Buffalo. Mm. And it started, I was reading a book called Hero Maker. It's a wonderful book. And I was reading a chapter and it was talking about our dreams versus God's dreams. And I was asking, what's one of your dreams? And at that moment, my dream was to change the culture of this high school soccer team. Mm. Because what I saw was not always pleasing to God. As we know, high school sports in a public school are not always. Mm. And I said, I want that to change. And I feel like I'm in a place where I have a voice, I have a platform that I can bring Christ into this dark place. Well, the author of the book couldn't just stop there. He said, (laughs) I want you to multiply this dream by 10. What does it look like now? I was like, all right, well, now... My dream's looking like, all right, I got to include the entire athletic department at this high school. Like, I can't just include one team. I got to include girls' teams. I got to include spring sports. I said, so that's a a dream times 10. Well, the author couldn't just stop there. And he said, multiply that by 10 more. And I said, all right, now I'm not just looking at this one high school. Now we're looking at high schools all over the south towns of Buffalo and even into the city. Mm. And the author said, that is a God-sized dream. Now, the author went on to explain to say, you may be thinking now that there's no way you can accomplish that dream. There's no way that you can do that. And he said, that is okay. So that's when you know that you're dreaming God-sized dreams. Because when you sit down at your desk in the morning or you, you wake up, you know, from sleep in the night, if you look at these dreams and these visions that you have and you say to yourself, I don't know how I can accomplish that. He said, then you're ready to walk in in light with Christ because Mm -hmm. that's when you invite Christ to be a part of that journey. And so it was in that moment where I said, when I was reading, I was, I remember I was sitting at my house at the time. It was, I was a resident sitting in the house on Bayview road, sitting in a chair, reading in the morning. And I said, that's a God sized dream. And I don't know where to start. Hmm. I said, and I just started praying. I said, God, if this is what you have for me, if you want me to dream this, show me the next steps. Sure. Sure enough, God answered that answered that prayer the next day. I, I kid you not, the next day I get a cold call from Mark Jentz, who we've also interviewed on this on this before. And I knew his daughter well. I went to school with her. Um, but I didn't know Mark. I maybe met him once, maybe in passing. I didn't really know him. He attended our church, but I hadn't really connected with him. And he gave me a call and he said, he said, Bjorn, I hear you're interested in sports ministry. And I said, oh, how the heck did he hear that? Like, I just told my boss yesterday, and, well, word got around, and he, he gave me a call, and he said, we're looking, for, we're looking for another team in our Christian basketball league that we do here in the South Towns of Buffalo. Are you interested in putting together a team from Watermark? Wow. I asked him questions. I said, tell me more. And he said, I need to know by tomorrow at 6 p.m. 
or whatever it was. He said, it's super late in the process. I need to know because there's things we need to do to get the ball rolling. He said, I, I told him, I said, maybe next year. That's kind of my response. I said, maybe next year. And he said, Bjorn, I'm going to stop you. He said, I want you to try until 6 p.m. tomorrow. He said, if you can't by that time, that's fine. We'll talk next year to see what that looks like. Sure. And I said, all right, I don't know a ton of people. Because this was maybe two months after being here in Buffalo. I said, I don't know yeah. a ton of people. I don't know a ton of high school athletes that may be interested in playing in this type of league. But I did know a couple people. So I sent, like, three texts, and I made a couple calls. And yeah. within a few hours, I had not only at least six players for the team, but I had a coach as well. Which wow. a coach, I wasn't looking for a coach. I was looking for players because yeah. I thought I was going to coach. Right. But I had a coach, and I had six players. And I gave Mark a call back and I said, Mark, I said, God's hand is in this and I've got a team. Put us in. <laughs> and so we entered we entered that league that year, and that was really the kind of the start of, of my journey in sports ministry and here at the church. Well, to show how God's hand was in this ministry well before I entered this story, the coach of that team was Eric Vaughn, who's one of our great ministry partners. I know that Noah, you know him very well. Yeah. Um, so he coached that team. We coached together that year. But as I got to know him and talk with him, he told me, he said, Bjorn, two years ago, the pastor here, Ken Nash, lead pastor, was talking about how he wanted 100% of the congregation to be volunteering, to be involved in ministry, and that's a lofty goal. But he said, everyone has gifts and abilities in ways that they want to serve. Hmm. And what's your lane? What do you do well? How can you serve the kingdom? And he said, Bjorn, I heard from God so clearly that it was through basketball, wow. that I, I wanted to serve Christ through basketball. And so, you know, Eric being the go-getter that he is, he started talking to people two years ago. Wow. And he talked to people at the church. He said, hey, I want to start an upward sports program. I want to do this, basketball clinics, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Well, the time wasn't quite right. right wasn't quite right yet. And so he kind of got told, not yet, by the church. Hmm. They kind of said, why don't you serve in high school ministry for now? And maybe sometime in the future we can have something. Hmm. And so he said, okay. So he served in high school ministry. Well, it was through that high school ministry that I came in as a as a youth ministry resident that I met Eric through high school ministry. And that's why I had his phone number in my phone was because I had met him and we were co-leaders at the hub. When worlds collide. When worlds collide. And so that shows me two years before then, I wasn't even planning to go into ministry. I, God had not even spoken to me yet in that realm. But he had already started to prepare Eric's heart in our church for this next step. Hmm. And from there, things exploded, and we've done so many different things. I know Eric and, and Marshall, one of the, the high school director here, they started a you know basketball for young adults on Thursday nights, and that's been going super well, and all these other things. So that's a little bit of the story of how sports ministry started here and about how God's hand was in it all through from the beginning to before the beginning. Yeah. Um, and yeah, now, now here we are. That's amazing. I, I love hearing just the beginning of that because like, there's so many things that, I mean, I knew a little of that, but I love hearing the details of mm. that and just hearing guys like Eric Vaughn and Mark Jens and the voice that they are in your life and how they steered you that way and solidified that. And even you helping out at Hamburg, Go, go dogs, right? Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> yeah, I think it's evident that God, God's hand's been on your life and just leading you during this time. And 
I, he's really molded you into where you want to be. And now you're about to get married, which is awesome. Yes, sir. So <laughs> both in your professional and behind the scenes life, it's really cool to see how God's working. Yeah. Well, thank you. So what we talked about how it started. Mm-hmm. So, and the inspiration of it a little bit. Is there any more inspiration points with in terms of the sports ministry? There's there's one more. I shared a lot of that, but there's one more sh- short story of inspiration about how God was working in my life well before. And, and I'll share this quickly. But in when I was 13, I went on a, a soccer sports missions trip to Peru hmm. with my dad, who was a college soccer coach at the time, and his entire college soccer team. And I was blessed with this opportunity to go and... It was on that trip that I realized that God gave me a passion and a gifting for sports for more than me to just have fun. Hmm. At that point, when I was 13, I loved sports because I thought they were fun, and I loved my friends that played. (laughs) And I was competitive, and that was a competitive outlet for me. But I saw on that trip how... Sports is a great connecting point for people. Even if I don't speak Spanish, sure, I can play soccer with them, and I can communicate God's love through that. Yeah, and that was the first time that I saw that soccer is what can bring people together, and that gave the missionary opportunities to step foot in these mountain villages, or to share the gospel, or to connect with universities. And and he mentioned, you know, Jeff Crone was that missionary who we've yeah. also had on this podcast in the past, and and he mentioned that. One of the greatest blessings of, of that trip was the connections that, that that us coming opened up for him. Hmm. That bringing a, a soccer team, a college soccer team from the U.S. to Peru provided him opportunities to step foot in universities, to step foot in mountain villages, because wow. they wanted and were wanted to welcome this college soccer team from the yeah. United States and to play against the team and all this stuff. And that helped him build relationships for future ministry. And so it was really on that trip that I first saw that God put a passion for sports in me for more than just my own personal selfish wants and desires. So that's a little bit of where some of this inspiration started. That's awesome. And I encourage all of our listeners listening right now, if if you're new to our podcast, go listen to those past episodes that we had with Jeff Crone and Mark Jentz. That was a part of our Local to Global series earlier in the year. And I know those are two two men that have really impacted your life. And kind of like I said earlier, it's all led you to here. And it's yeah. fun to see how God's, God's hand's been in that. Mm. So we talked a little about how sports ministry is such a good outreach tool. Mm. And at Watermark Sports, we're under the umbrella here at the Church of Outreach. And that's just we're reaching out to the community. And we want to, we want to see people come to Christ. And, and we talked about a little about how sports is such a good tool to do that, to be an outreach tool. Mm. So I, I'd love to dissect that even a little more. Why is it such a great outreach avenue for not only the global church but the local church? Yeah. There's 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 many reasons why. I'm I'm going to stick to three reasons. Hmm. The first is what I've mentioned before that people outside the church are comfortable in the gym. They're comfortable on the soccer field. And so that's why sports are such a great outreach tool because it's using something that they're already familiar with, they're already comfortable with. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about hospitality in the church all the time. It's like hospitality is tough for people outside the church. How do we make them feel welcome? 
Well, sometimes it's tough on a Sunday morning to make somebody feel welcome because they're walking into a space where they don't know anybody mm. and they don't know what the what's expected of them. They don't know any of these things. They have so many questions and they're not willing to ask because they don't want to be judged and all this stuff. And so they're just not comfortable. Right. And it's no matter how much we greet them and shake their hands, it's there's always going to be a little bit of sense of uncomfortability. Mm. But when they walk in the gym, they're in an atmosphere that's already comfortable for them. And then we can walk in and build relationship. And we've seen many times about how those relationships have led to people. And I've gone to church with, with plenty of people over the past couple of years that I've built relationship with through these ministries. Hmm. And then it's, okay, I built relationship. Now I'm able to invite them to church. Hmm. Now the invite is open and I can say, hey, you want to go to church with me? And they're like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> because they know me. And right. so they feel comfortable with me because they felt comfortable in the gym and I built relationship with them. And it's not just me. It's my ministry partners and leaders and you and all these people. Right. So that's one reason why it's a great avenue for the local church. The other reason is Paul Gartley, who is um, you know, our new lead pastor at our church, can be walking into that role. He said this during my first year as a resident. He said, we want to give people what they need. And giving people what they need is Christ, a relationship with Christ. Hmm. But he said, there's not a period at the end of that statement. There's a comma. Give people what they need disguised as what they want. Hmm. So what do people want? Well, people want sports. We see that so evident in our culture, whether it's youth, whether it's young adults, whether it's adults. We talk about the bills every single day on this podcast. <laughs> like we love sports. Right. You know? And so giving people what they need disguises what they want. Hmm. So we'll do soccer programs, we'll do basketball programs, we'll do these youth leagues, we'll do pickup in the gym for young adults, we'll do basketball camps in the summer, we'll do all of these things because that's what people want. Mm -hmm. But we'll do those with the intention of bringing Christ into that space. Mm. And then the third thing I'll talk about is the reason why sports is such a great avenue for the local church is because, like I alluded to earlier, people care about sports. Right. We see... You hear it all the time, you know, what people put their money towards, you can see what they care about. Hmm. There's a reason that Josh Allen makes millions of dollars. There's a reason that some of the wealthiest people in the world are athletes. It's because our world loves sports yeah. and we put money towards those things that we care about. Absolutely. And I'm not, you know, this, this isn't a, this isn't a money grab from the church, you know, we do all of our ministries and try not to lose money on those. And we try to bless other ministries with the money that maybe we do bring in. Right. But it's to say they love sports and we can see that in our culture and community. Hmm. So let's give them sports, but they need Christ. And so let's give them Christ. Let's hmm. give them avenues to build relationships with people that know Christ and opportunities to set foot in the church. So that's a little bit of, of why I believe sports ministry is not just a great avenue for the local church to do outreach, but I believe it is the best outreach opportunity for the local church right now. Mm. And, and I agree with you. And we've talked about it before on this podcast before about even in just our culture, but especially in Buffalo. Mm. I mean, our, our podcast is based out of Buffalo, New York. We work at a church that's in Buffalo, a few miles away from the Bill Stadium. And I know something that you've said, even in a conversation that you had with Ken Nash, is what is the biggest at, like place of worship in Buffalo? And it's Bill Stadium. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and 
so many people idolize that and think it's oh this is like crazy and and whatnot but yeah. it's also such a great tool to meet people where they're at absolutely and it's kind of like fire you got to harness a little little bit but yeah. it's, it's how you use it yeah so that's that's so good and that that leads me to talk a little bit about what vision we have for watermark sports in the future yeah and it includes you know this this thing that that pastor ken nash brought to my attention that you know bill stadium is the largest place of worship that brought to my attention that people are worshiping sports that's not what god has designed it to be so part of the vision of sports is as as bob schindler said we want to redeem sports back to their original design so we know god is the creator God has created everything that exists, including sports and competition. God created those, and he created those to be good, and he has a design for how those are good. While Satan, as we know, is the distorter. He distorts everything. Hmm. Satan is not powerful enough to create anything on its own, on his own, but he can distort and change some things that God has created to be evil. Hmm. One of those is sports. Satan is distorting sports to be something that is evil, to be something that is an idol, to be something that we care more about sports, we care more about winning than we do about these other things that maybe go along with it. Hmm. And so that's part of the vision of Watermark Sports is how can we help our community in the South Towns and in the greater city of Buffalo redeem sports back to its original design? Hmm. And that's a tough ask. That's a tall order. And I don't know how to do that. Yeah. But that's why I'm not God. <laughs> right. Because God does know, and, and all I can do, and you can do, and our church can do, is we can take each step every day and walk in God's will for this ministry and for our church and say, God, we're going to follow you day by day. And if we do that, we trust that your vision and your plan and your purpose will prevail in the end as you work through our obedience every day. Hmm. And so that's a little bit of the vision of Watermark Sports is... We want to redeem sports back to its original design, player by player, coach by coach, high school by high school, suburb by suburb, Sure. until we reach this point where God is in sports, Hmm. and God is in every aspect of a person's life. It's not just on Sunday at church, but it's in every aspect. Hmm. That's so good. And one of the things that I've loved being able to see is people come to the gym, people who you know, they're, they're not necessarily going to be going to church, but they're, they're coming here. Kind of mm. like you said, cause they're comfortable, Yeah. but it's such an avenue of where we can meet them where they're at. So how have you seen God work so thus far in your time at Watermark with the sports ministry? Yeah. I mean, other than what I've already shared of all these ways that God has worked, um, I, I do want to share just a couple praise stories. Um, the first one I'll share is in the midst of 2020, COVID-19, all of this, every program we've ever done over the past year and a half has filled up max capacity. Mm. Every single program, whether it's pickup, we get so many people that there's, everyone's wishing that some people weren't there, right? you know, from a, from a good heart, at least of, oh, I wish I could play more. Mm-hmm. U10 soccer, we have that maxed out capacity four weeks before the program started. It's amazing. In the midst of a time when everywhere you go is limited capacity, it's struggling to get people to come back to church, to do this, that, the other thing, sports ministry is thriving. It's thriving in the atmosphere. We are doing the most we can do 
and the community wants more. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I feel this big tug to do more because there are so many doors that are open. The community is just waiting for us to walk through them and provide opportunities for kids and young adults and adults and senior citizens. Right. And and that's just a huge testimony to to setting this foundation for this ministry. Mm-hmm. The the other the other things that I've seen is we had a, a student who graduated from high school last year in 2020. Um, he played in our Christian basketball league over the winter, um, and he wasn't a he wasn't a Christian. He's one of the one of the kids that came and played as a part of our teams. Well, he hit sort of a dark place a few months ago, mm. back in October November time, and he reached out to one of his coaches from the Christian basketball league, and he basically said, "I've tried everything. I don't know where else to turn. I had your phone number in my." in my phone and I knew that you're a Christian and you know God and I haven't quite tried that yet I'd love to know more hmm. and through that our coach met him bought him a meal they talked and that player accepted Christ hmm. for the first time in the midst of COVID-19 in the midst of 2020 that has halted everything it has not slowed down God right. it has not slowed down this ministry that he has breathed so much life into where we see this new young believer come to know Christ for the first time and make a commitment and attend church and want to know more. Hmm. And, man, if that doesn't fire it up, if that doesn't show you how sports ministry has been so powerful, like, I don't know what will, because that's yeah. what it's all about. And now, now the, now the fun part starts, because now we can disciple this young man to be... A, a vessel to be a warrior for Christ. Mm. He now acknowledges that, yeah, Christ is my savior. God is good and God does love me. And what does that mean? Mm. And that's where the fun part starts. Yeah. And, and so that's the exciting part. A- another story that I'm going to tell is just about how sports ministry has allowed our church to connect with our community in new ways. Now we've touched on this before, but with the local high school, Hamburg, that's the school that I, I coach soccer at, I've been involved with. Um, that's a school that we've partnered with our basketball camps over the summer. And and I came in and I said, when we start this sports ministry, I felt very strong and I still do. I don't want to just start a bunch of new programs out of thin air. We could do that and they could be successful. Right. But these new programs would probably be in competition with a bunch of programs that already exist in our community. And I don't want to be this large church coming in saying, hey, we've got sports ministry now. Let's have all these programs. All right, screw you, community. Come to our programs instead of these ones. No, like programs for sports, camps, clinics, rec programs, they're good. They're very good. What can we do as a church to partner with them or to fill a void where maybe there isn't programming for this age group or this specific thing? And so that's what we've been trying to do. And in that process, God has answered every prayer request by giving us connections with Hamburg High School, where now we offer a boys and a girls basketball week of camp in the summer. Yeah. Week of camp, where normally they do that at Hamburg High School, and they would get 50 kids, maybe max, where now they come here, and we can work together as Watermark Wesleyan Church and as Hamburg High School, and we can come together, these two organizations, to create a program that had, the first time we did it in 2019, there was 135 kids that came. Hmm. But furthermore, 
they love that we share the gospel. They love that we teach Christian principles. They love that it's more than just a basketball camp. It's a life coaching camp. We teach them about what it means to be athletes, what it means to be Christians. Mm. And so that's what's been super exciting. Youth Advantage is another organization we've been partnering with. Um, we've been providing a gym for them, providing coaches for them, been providing services, and just all of these different training programs, which has been really, really awesome. So that's another way that we've seen God work so far is through these organizations. Mm. No, I love that. I, I think of the verse Ecclesiastes 3.11. It mm. says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Wow. And yeah. I think, especially for people who don't know the gospel, they don't know Christ, I think, why is this, there this longing in my heart? Mm. God has set that in them. And I think it's starting to re- be revealed to some of these people that have stepped through the gyms, and I, I've loved that. Mm-hmm. So, And that reminds me, Noah, before we move on, yeah. another verse of Proverbs thirteen twelve, which Proverbs thirteen twelve says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, mm. but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And you mentioned that. What is this longing I have? Yeah. Well, if we can provide an opportunity where maybe that longing can be fulfilled, because the only way a longing can be fulfilled, we know, is with Christ. Every hole that we have in our bodies, in our lives, can only be filled with Christ. And so that's what we can offer, is we can say, hey, this is who Christ is, what he's done, and here are opportunities where you can get plugged in and know more. Wow. And that's how they can find feelings to those longings oh yeah that's so good so you've talked about it briefly but a little more detail i'd love to know for our listeners especially what was 2020 like in sports ministry in western new york in the buffalo area yeah because every area was different but buffalo was was pretty tough with sports ministry so i'd love you just to take us through that yeah so like most places, we weren't able to do sports for the longest time. Mm. When we were able to do something, it had to be in very, very small capacity. Yeah. And so in the summer, when we could be outside and socially distant, we were able to do stuff with groups of five or six students or people. Um, and we did things like sports with friends where you and I, we'd travel around to oh, excuse me, to different parks, to different neighborhoods, to different backyards. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd do soccer clinics, basketball clinics, and we'd play with them. We'd just have fun yeah, and get them outside, hanging out with their friends in a safe atmosphere. We did all sports golf battles, which I stole the idea from Dude Perfect. So sorry, <laughs> I don't know if there's copyright issues there, but this idea of, you know, we'll play golf. Every shot, you have to use a different sporting equipment. My favorite was the chicken. The chick- oh, I had a chicken. You had to throw the chicken. <laughs> wherever, wherever it lands, that's your shot. And, and we just set up a golf course yeah. around Watermark's campus through the grass. Set up times, and people came, and they played all sports golf and just had fun. Mm. And that was a way that we still built relationship. Now, back to the beginning. When the pandemic first hit, man, I was so mad. I was so frustrated. We couldn't do all these things. And I kept asking my question, like, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? What do we do now? Hmm. And, and before God answered the what of those questions, he told me, Bjorn, you need to understand the why first. Because I was stuck on, we can't do sports. We can't do sports. We can't do sports. What do we do? Hmm. And he spoke so clearly to me. He said, Bjorn... Sports ministry, you're not in the business of sport, you're in the business of people. Mm. So step out of this focus on sports and step into this focus on people. And once he did that, 
then so many opportunities arose. One of them being this podcast. Yeah. Being this opportunity where, okay, let's not play sports. We can talk about sports. Sure. We can connect with people that know a whole lot more about things than we do and <laughs> share their wisdom with the world. Right. And so this opportunity arose. We made soccer training videos for youth to, to watch online. We made these opportunities for them to play sports with friends and to do these all sports golf battles. Yeah. Once we were able to do more, we started adapting some of our programs, process basketball. Mm-hmm. We adapted that so that it was low contact, socially distanced as you know required by New York State. And we did those up until a few weeks ago. In, you know, early February, when we finally heard from the government in New York State that, hey, you can play competitive basketball games again, and here's how. And so it was a long year of just always asking, okay, what do we do next? Yeah. All right, what are we going to do next week? (laughs) And it wasn't what programs are we going to do next week. It's what things can we do to connect with people next week. Right. And there were weeks where we didn't have any programming. And what I did is I called people. And I talked with them. Right. Because, all right, normally I'd see them in the gym. Well, they're at home. I'm at home. Let me give them a call. See what's up. Hmm. Because ministry, it's about people. It's not about sports. Yeah. As much as we talk about sports and how great they are, sports isn't why we do it. Sports is just the avenue in which we can build relationship with those people. Sure. So that's a little bit of what 2020 was like. and. Shoot, we're into 2021 now, and we're still trying to be adaptive and try to figure out new ways to do totally. ministry. But yeah, no, I, a wise a wise guy once told me. I, I'm totally giving one of the guys that speaks into my life. His name's John Batch. He's gonna laugh that I even said mentioned that he's a wise leader in my life. <laughs> but something that he really mentioned to me was that 2020 taught him the importance of small mm. small groups meeting with people on a smaller scale and I, I think something that I applaud you Bjorn is you saw the importance of relationships and even the families that we met with I can't tell you how many times they'd go up to you or, or to us and they'd be like thank you so much we needed this mm. we needed to get out we needed to be in a place where man this like some kind of normal yeah and kind of break that rhythm of wow this sucks <laughs> man wow this is a time to be with my family this is time to be with my son, my daughter. Yeah, and that was so really cool. Even when we're doing like frisbee golf for people's houses, yeah, that's going to stick with them for a long time, and that will be a small memory that will be placed in them forever. And mm-hmm. that's really cool. So yeah. I applaud you with that. So it was fun. Th- yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. So just as we as we finish out, a lot of things we say is uh, towards the end of the podcast is final words and encouragement. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what yours are. Would do you have any final thoughts and? Just words of encouragement for our listeners. Yeah. Um, I planned something different, but God spoke to me this morning, as he often does when you read scripture, as I've <laughs> been trying to do. And um, Galatians 6, 9, I was just reading through some of my favorite verses, um, just because I've been, I've been discouraged lately, as, as so many people have been, you know, things don't go as planned, or, you know, you have to put way more effort into something, to, all this stuff. It's just, it's, it gets discouraging and I've been scared. So I just go back to some of my foundation life verses. And mm. one of the ones I was reading was Galatians six, nine, which says, so let's not get tired of doing good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing. If we don't give up Good word. And that was, that was the motto in 2020 is let's keep doing good. Let's keep doing good. Let's keep doing good. Let's keep doing good. Because we know that God blesses us when we do good. Mm. When we when we work for his kingdom, 
you know, God's on a mission to our hurting world, and he's invited us to be a part of it. Yeah. And when we accept that invitation, there will be a harvest, a plentiful harvest. And oftentimes, we may not see how, we may yeah. not see when, but there will be. And that, that last line, don't give up, is my encouragement to everyone out there. That even as 2020 comes, even as February is, you know, we're in February right now and March is coming and springtime's coming and things are still not back to what we would say is normal, don't give up. Yeah. Because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And that light is Christ. The tunnel may not go in the direction that we think it should or we think it will, but Christ is at the end of that tunnel always. And so don't give up. Keep pressing forward because your efforts and your work are valued and are good. Mm. And so that's my encouragement for everyone out there is just to keep doing good because it is worth it. Wow. Good word. Next is the pulpit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You asked me about things I'm passionate about and I'll stop preaching. (laughs) You know, if you're not passionate about it, why do you do it? So that was so good. Bjorn, great job today. Love what you're doing. Love working alongside and excited how God's going to continue just to to lead and guide you through 2021. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) So thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Noah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with Bjorn. It was so great hearing his story and why he's so passionate about sports and how God is using that as an outreach tool. It's so awesome to see what he's doing here in Buffalo. And next week is the beginning of our UB football series, the University of Buffalo to be specific. And we're going to have different coaches and players on. And next week we're having Coach Brian Borland, who's the defensive coordinator of the University of Buffalo. Here's an excerpt. And obviously I'm, I'm just thankful the Lord just, he never really let me get away. And kind of like a fisherman, right? You, you, know, you, you hook a big fish and that fish goes on a run and takes out line, but then it tires out and you, you know, the Lord's reeling, reeling me back in, you know? And so I went on a couple runs, but uh, eventually he got me in the net and got me to the boat. Thanks for listening to the sweat room sports and faith podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you'd like to stay connected with us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at watermark sports on Twitter at sweat room pod and our new blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog until next time, get it, got it and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesley and Church. 